Oh, my God. 
After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. This is Avrami Finkelstein, briefly sitting in for the one and only Nahum Siegel on this Arab Shabbos edition of your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Thank you,
is the fate of all mankind No one can avoid the bustle and the grind Rushing to meetings, closing the deal On the phone, on the road, buying, selling, spinning wheels It's easy to lose balance, chasing money and success But there's a special treasure with which we have been blessed And as each day passes, joy fills the air Waiting for the moment to stand up and declare Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos Heilig Tayere Shabbos In the candles glow, our Neshamas grow Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos Once the wine is poured, we become restored. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. Sheishas Yomim Tavoy, for six days every week. We work hard and struggle just to make ends meet. But once out of seven, we all become kings Who greet Shabbos Amalko by rising up to sing As we learn and pray, tension melts away From Shul we strive with Malachim at our side Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat I'm so stressed at work, when I hear the boss I jump To shop or go to Shul, I'm always parking by a pump But all of the worry goes down the drain When my wife and children join me in singing the refrain
to bond with those we love. And there's one more plus. Our parents spend more time with us. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbat.
אבינו מלכנו, אל תשיבנו, ריקה מלפניך. עם ישראל זקוקים לישועה, פונה אני אליך. זקנים ילדים, חולים כואבים, אני אשם רופאך. בוכים צועקים, בתחינה מבקשים, אבא רא פניך. אבינו מלכנו, שלח רפואה לכל ימיך. רחום וחנון, רופא כל בשר, אין עוד מלבדיך. אבינו מלכנו, אין לנו מלך, אלא אתה. די לצרות, די לדמעות, אבא שלך גאולה. אבינו מלכנו, כותבנו בספר, סליחה ומחילה. קבל תפילתנו, שמע צעקה, מלך שומע תפילה. אבינו מלכנו, שלח רפואה לחולה עמך. רחום וחנון, רופא כל בשר, אין עוד מלבדיך. אבינו מלכנו, אין לנו מלך, אלא אתה. די לצרות, די לדמעות, אבא שלך גאולה. מתחננים ומבקשים, נושאים תפילה. תפילתנו, שמע צעקה, מלך שומע. Thank 
לכובד שבס, לכובד שבס, לכובד שבס, לכובד שבס. מקדשי מקדשי שבי כולו מזמיר ויסנדו המה מקדשי מקדשי שבי כולו מזמיר ויסנדו
תנחי את הדמעה, יש לך נחמה. גואל יבוא, יופי. לליבך שבור, אהיה תרופה, ימים של עצמות, אני אהבה גדולה. התעוררים, התעוררים, J.M. in the A.M. Chaim Yisrael. Had a little trouble with the playlist. I wonder if uh, Avrami had the same situation. Moving pretty slowly this morning for some reason. Not sure why. Just like us, moving a little slowly this morning. <laughs> but, but I know why in my case. <laughs> it was a drop under the weather, but Baruch Hashem, we're getting there, as they say. And a big, a big, big thank you to Avrami. He gets a big, big thank you uh, for, again... For different reasons, but for again today, starting off our radio broadcast yesterday because I was on my way from the airport and today uh, a drop under the weather. Thank you, Avram. Much appreciated. Some of the music you've been hearing so far this morning, Chaim Yisrael, Hito Ari, that I chose. Avrami chose Yehuda Green's Am Mekadashay, Lo Alecha, done by um, Ben Sion Klatsko. 
Shuki Solomon and Shlomo Shabbat together with Shir HaRefuah. Bashir done by uh, Sholi. A.B. Rottenberg and Shlomi Gertner with Baruch Hashem at Shabbos. And, of course, uh, Shabbat Shalom done by Afi Ko Man <laughs> and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday. It's Erev Shabbos, believe it or not. And, um, oh, where's my, oh, I, th- I think I, yeah, I packed, I packed it away from my New Jersey studio, but we ended up in New York this, uh, this morning. So I got to find all my, uh, information that I had set aside to speak with you about this morning. Give me a second, because this is important. This is among the more important pieces of information that we give to our audience that we transmit to everybody on Friday mornings. It is the 17th day of November, day number four in the month of Kislev. The year is 5784, Tufshin Pei Dalit. Erev Shabbos Parshas Toldos with candlelighting time in New York, 416. 416 is candlelighting time in New York. And uh, make sure you know when things start where you are very early in many, many different places around the world. So again, Make sure you know when things start where you are and uh, make sure to get to where you have to get to for Shabbos with plenty of time to spare. That was a, um, a concern last week. The first early Shabbos, quote-unquote, which for us in the United States, it was the first early Shabbos in a while, always leads to uh, concern that everybody get to where they need to get to on time. And uh, obviously... Uh, that still remains for this week and every week. Always make sure you have plenty of time before Shabbos to get to uh, where you need to get to. Anyway, JMM Friday. A big thank you again to Avrami coming up. Plenty of American, plenty of American, plenty of, am- <laughs> of amazing programming all day long, including the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It's going to be happening at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time here on um, the Nahum Siegel Network. Great weekend programming of Rummy tomorrow night with Ariel Yezers Wickler and the Saturday Night Siegel. Uh, Matis with JM Sunday live at 7 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday morning. Regular week next week, although Thanksgiving, I think Avrami's going to be sitting in for me on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day itself for JM in the AM. And otherwise, we should have a quote unquote normal regular week uh, with all the people traveling and everybody going back and forth to Israel. A lot of people going back and forth to Israel this week, I'm proud to say. I mean, not not like, you know, tourist-type numbers. Obviously, a very, very, very small percentage of that. But a lot of people who are going with Chizuk missions and solidarity groups, which uh, gives us all a very good feeling, and the people in Israel certainly a very good feeling. Um, so, yeah, a big travel week in general. Thanksgiving week, a very big travel week here in this country. And um, in terms of the corridor between the United States and Israel... Like I said, a lot of people with uh, solidarity on their minds and chizuk on their minds are heading there uh, to help out in whatever way they can in the next few days. Some groups I heard are leaving to be back here Thanksgiving morning. Some groups are staying for the entire Thanksgiving weekend for Shabbos, etc. So call a kavot to everybody, no matter what you're doing, to help in this effort. All we could say is call a kavod. Um, and there you have it. Uh, coming up, Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll find out about the Achenu event, the Global Seum, coming up on Sunday. Malcolm Honline, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. We will give him the proper accolades and also lend a uh, sympathetic voice 
in regard to those who were not so cooperative with the rally on uh, Tuesday, although I'm sure he'll encourage me to focus on the positive and not, God forbid, focus on the negative. A big shout-out to the young Israel of Forest Hills. My, uh, my talk tonight is uh, what the American Jewish community needs to know about Israel since Simcha's Torah. Tomorrow, my uh, quote-unquote Shabbos morning sermon, not really a sermon, but I've been asked to speak. Uh, the title is, um, Must One Stand? Is One Obligated to Stand for an IDF Soldier? Uh, so I'll be handling those two topics between tonight in the Young Israel Forest Hills at their beautiful Friday night dinner and tomorrow morning in the synagogue. And a big shout-out to Rabbi Friedman and the entire congregation and its presidium uh, for... Thank you for inviting me. Thank you very much for inviting me, and I'm looking forward to a wonderful Shabbos in Queens. In general, I always have a wonderful Shabbos when I'm there uh, in the Young Azula Forest Hills. We were actually there for a three-day yunt of Shavuos a couple of years ago. It was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to um, being there again as Ratashem tonight. So there you have it. Full update about what's happening and what's going on. Plenty of music coming up. We have a full show today, of course, by Yudin and uh, Harry Rothenberg will be joining us with the Torah portion of uh, Toldos and plenty more on a Friday Erev Shabbos. Thanks for tuning in to us right here at JM in the AM.
Show me. 
J.M. and the M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with Barry Weber. Give a smile. Yes. Very effective. Giving a smile. And much appreciated. Eight Ratzon done by Simcha Liner, Baruch Levine, Viharenu. That was by request off the one of the Rechnitz albums, Matana Tova. 
Yosef Karduna with Rifa Enu, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning, in the morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web and AchimSegal.com and the AchimSegal Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Galay on the background, or our news from Israel coming up. Um, Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. That's on the way as well. Harry Rothenberger by Uden on Parshas Toldos. Candle lighting in New York, 4.16. It's early. Make sure to be where you need to be before Shabbos. Again, 416 in New York. Again, make sure you know when things start where you are. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from Jam Nam. היום ה-42 למלחמה, הזעקות נשמעו בשעה האחרונה במספר יישובים במועצה האזורית חוף אשקלון. כתבנו בדרום רמי שני מוסר כי הותרה נפילה בשטח פתוח, אין נפגעים בגוף ולא נגרם נזק. בנוסף, גם בגליל המערבי זהו מספר שיגורים של פיצצות מרגמה משטח לבנון שנפלו בשטחים פתוחים, בתגובה צהל תוקף את מקורות הירים. כמו כן, גורם מדיני מאשר כי ישראל החליטה להכניס לדרום הרצועה שתי מחליות סולר ביממה. כתבנו המדיני יניר קוזין עם הפרטים. על פי הגורם המדיני, ישראל תאפשר הכנסת שתי מחליות סולר לרצועה מדי יום. עוד על פי אותו גורם, ההחלטה מגיעה בעקבות בקשה של ארצות הברית, והיא נועדה בין השאר לתמוך במערכות המים והביוב, כדי למנוע התפרצות של מגפות שעלולות להתפשט באזור כולו. כזכור, בתחילת השבוע אמר ראש הממשלה נתניהו, כי לא יוכנס דלק לרצועה עד להשבת חטופינו, היום זו כבר הפעם השנייה שדלק נכנס לעזה. בתוך כך, האלוף במילואים גיורא איילנד אומר לעידן קוולר בגלי צהל, אין מה לדבר על שיקום עזה לפני מיטוט חמאס. העולם מניח, כולל ארצות הברית, בתמימותו אולי, שלישראל יש אינטרס שעזה תשוקם מחדש, והתשובה הישראלית היא לא. אין לנו אינטרס שעזה תשוקם. לא יש שיקום של עזה, ולא משנה כמה הארץ שם עצום, כל עוד חמאס שולט, ישראל לא תאשר. ברקע הדברים, מקור במודיעין של ארצות הברית מסר לסוכנות הידיעות רויטרס, כי ממשל ביידן לא מגלה מהם המקורות לקביעה שבית החולים שיפא ששימש את חמאס כמרכז פיקוד, מכיוון שהמקורות הללו משמשים למעקב אחר מצבם של החטופים בעזה. חברי הממשלה אישרו תוספת לקצבה היומית למפגינים, למפונים הזכאים לקצבת סיעוד והעסקת עובד זר. עם הפרטים כתבתנו לענייני רווחה ועבודה, שירה שפי. הקצבה היומית תוכפל ותעמוד על 400 שקלים. זאת על מנת לאפשר לזכאים לקבל את הטיפול לו הם זקוקים ולשלם בעבור שהות העובד הזר במקום האכלוס. התוספת אושרה במסגרת תיקון ההסכם שכבר נחתם בין משרד האוצר לביטוח הלאומי, בו נקבעו מענקים למבוגרים וילדים שפונו מביתם על סך 200 ו-100 שקלים ליום. נחתם הסכם נוסף עם ממשלת סרי לנקה לגיוס עובדים זרים בענף הבנייה. מדווח כתבנו לענייני פנים, שי ישראל. ההסכם הוא תוצאה של המאמץ לגיוס עובדים זרים בעקבות המשבר מפרוץ המלחמה. זאת בהמשך להסכמים שנחתמו בתקופה האחרונה עם ממשלת הודו להבאת עובדים בענפי הבנייה והסיעוד ועם ממשלת סרי לנקה לענף החקלאות. הקבוצה הראשונה של כ-300 עובדי חקלאות זרים צפויה להגיע ארצה מסרי לנקה בעוד כשלושה שבועות. במקביל רשות האוכלוסין וההגירה פועלת לחדש את כניסת העובדים הזרים מתאילנד שעזבו ומבקשים לשוב לישראל. התחזית הטמפרטורות יהיינה רגילות לעונה, גשם מקומי ברובו קל, צפוי בצפון הארץ ולאורך מישור החוף. אלה החדשות.
Just 
J.M. in the A.M. with Mordechai Shapiro, Aisha Schael. Solomon Brothers before that to open up the 7 o'clock hour. It's Friday. We're live in New York City. J.M. in the A.M. And thanks for joining us. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN. Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Harry Rothenberg has uh, some words regarding Parshas Toldos. We uh, dedicate his words this morning for a Rufu Shlema for Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Toldos, right now and here on JM in the AM. After Rivka overhears her husband Yitzchak telling their son Asaph to go out and hunt Gabe and bring it back so that Yitzchak can give him a blessing, she realizes she has no choice. 
That's the blessing of physical prosperity. And she knows that Esav is not going to share it with their other son, his twin brother, Yaakov. Yaakov needs some of that prosperity. And so she has to tell Yaakov that he's going to reluctantly have to impersonate his brother in order to get that blessing. But how's he going to do that? He's smooth-skinned. Esav's hairy. Fortunately, Rivka has in her possession Esav's coat. He trusted her with it because he didn't trust his wives. So she puts that coat on Yaakov, enabling him to impersonate his brother Esav. There's only one problem. That wasn't a regular coat. That was Esav's hunting coat. And it wasn't just a regular hunting coat. It was the greatest hunting coat ever. It was the greatest coat ever. Better than Canada Goose. It was a coat that God had made and given to Adam, the first man. Then it went to Nimrod. Esav took it from Nimrod. It was a coat that when a person would wear it and an animal would see it, the animal would just lie on the ground. Docile. Didn't need to be hunted. You just walk over and pick it up in order to capture it. So if Esau was told by his father to go hunting, why did he leave behind his hunting coat? For a possible answer, look at the words of the command from Yitzchak to Esau. Yitzchak tells him, I want you to take your hunting equipment, your sword, and your bow, and go hunting. One second. Esau's the world's greatest hunter. He doesn't need to be told what to take along on a hunt. My clients don't have to tell me what to bring to the courtroom when I go there to represent them. I know what to bring to court. So why is his father giving him all this unnecessary detail? Bring your hunting equipment and your sword and your bow. Maybe because his father's telling him, I know you have that coat. I don't want you to use it. I want you to experience the psychic satisfaction of a job well done. Go out and hunt, not with the coat, with your hunting equipment, with your sword, with your bow. And I want you to be Moser Nefesh. I want you to sacrifice. There's some risk in the hunt. Extend yourself. Leave your comfort zone. Then I'll give you the blessing. It's something for us to think about. Remind ourselves about that great feeling of a job well done. Hard work. Afterwards, you feel very good about the job that you did. But we also should be thinking about the serious nefesh, sacrifice. Because there's a group of Jews now that is sacrificing in ways that we cannot wrap our minds around. These soldiers in the Israeli army who are in Gaza, going door to door in combat, urban combat, against an enemy that has literally broadened the definition of evil. We didn't think it was possible after what the Jewish people suffered in the past, but they managed to do it. Those soldiers are 18, 19, 20 years old, risking their lives. And reservists in their 30s, 40s, 50s, married with kids. The least we can do, Jews who aren't soldiers in Gaza, is view ourselves as reservists, doing everything we can for them, studying for them, praying for them, taking on additional spiritual obligations for them, donating supplies to them, telling them how much we care about them and how we're keeping them in mind every second, advocating on their behalf against the ludicrous fake news. We know who committed actual genocide, and we know who loves peace and not war and who's defending their country. We have to be thinking about that sacrifice that the soldiers are making every second on behalf of not just Israel, but all of the Jewish people. Well said, Harry Rothenberg. Well said, to say the least. Erev Shabbos Parshas told us candlelighting time in New York, 416. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, candlelighting in New York, 416. And I give that warning about making sure when things start. It's because it is an early Shabbos, to say the least. <laughs> and it's been like that for the last couple of weeks. And you want to make sure to be where you need to be before Shabbos starts. Simple as that. Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon is with us live via telephone. We've spent uh, many a time speaking to Rabbi Tarragon uh, about his role as the uh, director of the overseas program at Yeshiva Dakota and, of course, his position at World Mizrahi. But the last couple of conversations have been about the amazing effort that's being coordinated um, 
uh, regarding Achenu, unity, uh, regarding trying to uh, take as many Jews as possible around the world and bring them closer, bring them together. And this coming Sunday, with the World Global Seum, we are going to uh, really see this effort uh, in full swing. We're going to see it in its full glory when uh, people in countries all around the world are going to be united by one massive event. This war has been very painful, but this war has also caused an extreme, thank God, amount of Jewish unity and strength among Jews around the world. Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Great to be here with you, Nachman. Thank you for coming to Eretz Yisrael twice since I, the war broke out. I appreciate that, and uh, I, I, I apologize for missing you this trip, although I did have an opportunity to visit the yeshiva. Um, and uh, it, it, we had such an amazing time when we broadcasted from yeshiva.kotal and really focused with the help of the students on uh, the Achenu um, program, which we'll discuss in a moment. But I also have to tell you, Rabbi Tarragon, that your soldiers, and you know who I mean, the three that we spoke to on their way back to yeshiva.kotal from the northern part of Israel while we did visit, uh, they are going to be a major focus of my... Uh, speech this Shabbat at the Young Israel of Forest Hills. I am spreading the word about how special those students and those soldiers are and how incredible their families and their yeshiva must be. So all I could say is thank you for that and kol akavod. Nachum, thank you very much. And we're very proud of all the boys who are fighting for us, wherever they come from. And we have to be supported from our end on our side, maybe I'll start with a quick Var Torah for you, Nachum, from sure. my great, 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 great grandfather, <laughs> who was the brother of the Gra. Oh my gosh, we're, 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 we're directly from the Gra. I think I've told you that. We're directly from the Gra. We're related. It's nice to be reunited with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we say in this week's parashi, Yitzchak said famously, because I'll say the Jews are strengthened in the voice, Esav in the hands. If our voice is strong, Esav's hands are weaker. If our voice is weak, his hands are stronger. So the Achia Gra asks, but it says, Hakol Kol Yaakov Edaimid Esav. It sounds like it's one person. So he says beautifully, when our call is what it needs to be, then we have the power of the hands of Esav for the Jews. And that's what we're seeing now in the Jewish people. The strong call, the strong hand, unified and empowered by HaKadosh Baruch When we're all together, davening, learning, sharing, loving each other, it strengthens our soldiers on the front. Phenomenal. And we're getting, we're getting that feeling. We get that feeling when we're in Israel. We're even getting that feeling in Chutzlaaretz to an extent. And one of the reasons we're getting that feeling is because of a program that you've coordinated and that your students and your associates have been so active uh, over the last few weeks. And this coming Sunday, it comes to an amazing crescendo. Explain to everybody what has happened and what's going to be happening this coming weekend. Let me just give a quick backdrop, Nachum, because you said how wonderful the Achtas efforts are. I spoke to a very wise person here in Eretz Israel this week, and he said, right now there's tremendous Achtas and tremendous disunity. And what he meant was, on the one hand, on the surface, we're all working together to face our enemy. Below the surface, the tensions are still there, and there's a lot of recrimination. You can see it, you can hear it, of this one against that one. If we don't strengthen the Achtas and make it deeper than just facing an enemy, after the war, Chas V'Shalom, it's going to explode the Machlokas even more than it was before Chas V'Shalom. If that happens, I don't know how we face a Kurdish Baruch after everything he did to bring us together. The goal of Achenu is to make sure that we don't forget after the war that we're brothers and we disagree and we're different, but we disagree as family. 
as part of one people. It's amazing expression of working together, but beneath the surface, the tensions remain. And if we don't solve them, if we don't make sure the achdus is real and not just to face a common enemy, the class is going to explode in a terrible way after the war, even worse than it was before. And if we don't hear this message, this call, because Baruch for unity, I don't know how we justify ourselves. So that's the goal of Achenu, to make sure that Jews can view each other as the brothers we are. We're going to disagree. We're going to differ. We understand, you know, how we're supposed to live differently, but we have to do it as brothers, as part of one people. And as we discussed in Jerusalem when I was there, I mean, you've already had, you have had, I should say, a tremendous response to this concept and the actions that you've asked people to take from an insane number of countries, Jewish communities around the world. So, again, it might be on the surface, as you describe, but it does look like our brothers and sisters globally are motivated to participate. You're 100% right. We have people on the ground in 50 countries, Baruch Hashem. And I think most of us want to work to get it to be deeper. We understand that we want it to be more. We just have to facilitate that. And so what Achenu is doing is strengthening the effort in each country and trying to bring them together through international initiatives, whether it's saying to Hillim, learning Mishnayis in memory, adopting a hostage, which is an initiative that includes Jews of all sorts and all denominations because we should all be adopting hostages. Yeah. What can we do in what ways to come together? I was just going to add, Nachum, that the Washington rally is a beautiful thing, the largest rally in America and maybe, you know, in the world outside of Israel. 300,000 Jews came together. Right. But it's also a sad testimony because there's 5 million Jews in America. Why weren't 5 million Jews there? Why can't all of us stand shoulder to shoulder? Why can't we understand that we're different? It wasn't a Torah rally. It was a political rally. Why can't we all come out, five million? The goal of Achenu is that five million Jews should stand shoulder to shoulder in support of our people. That 15 million Jews around the world should stand shoulder to shoulder. Not 14,999,999, 15 million. Oh, I get what you're saying, believe you me. And it's a topic for another day, frankly, but you're 100% correct. Rabbi Ruben Tarragon is with us. Okay, Rabbi Tarragon, we have a couple of minutes here. Tell everybody what's happening this weekend, what they need to do practically to participate, and what you've put together uh, for everybody not only to enjoy, but for everybody to feel united. Achenu.world backslash Siam is the place to go. Go in, write your name down on the column of your community to learn a Mishnah. One Mishnah, two Mishnahs, a Perek. Le'ilu Nishmas, it's all written there, a Chayal, a Shoter, a civilian. Learn one Mishnah and be part of Kalal Yisrael learning together. And on Sunday, 11 o'clock Eastern time, tune in for the Siam. Achenu.world backslash Siam. For those who don't learn Mishnah, you can say to Hillam, we have a Tehillim initiative for one of the groups of soldiers, for one of the hostages. Be part of the learning and davening of Kalali. So that's what Achenu is about. We're all learning and davening. But let's do it as part of a global community so that the learning and davening strengthens Am Yisrael and strengthens the Achdud as Am Yisrael as well. Achenu.world slash Siyam. Achenu.world slash Siyam. That's where you can get information. Again, where you could join at 11 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday and participate in the Siyam. And we should note, Rabbi Tarragon, because the results really does reflect the effort. The types of people 
the number of people, including many leaders, well-known celebrities, personalities, and so many areas of Jewish life, you've made an incredible effort to gather them all together. And when people see who has participated, and I'm assuming on the website they can see that, uh, they will be inspired that, that people that they never thought of would be part of an effort like this have gone ahead and have committed to an effort like this. So Kolakavo to you, your staff, your volunteers, your students, everybody involved and the people around the world who made that happen and really brought on a tremendous number of high of high um, um, profile personalities to spread the word of Achdus through Achenu and this program. Just to echo what you said, Nachum, when was the last time you saw a program with President Herzog, Senator Joe Lieberman, Natan Sharansky? Yep. The common denominator is they're unifiers of our people. All the world's chief rabbis and Russia yeshivas like Rav Ruben Feinstein, Shlita, and Rav Yitzchik Berkowitz Shlita, and singers like Shweki and Avram Fried. You don't usually see this together and people have come out because they see this is the Jewish people as a community. Not a political organization, not a denomination, not a group. The Jewish people as a people. And the call I send on your show, Nachum, is anyone who cares about being part of the Jewish people, join us Sunday for an event that's emphasizing that peoplehood and continue with us to bring 15 million Jews together shoulder to shoulder. Achenu.world slash Siyum, 11 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday. We are highly recommending everyone's participation. Right, Harrigan, Kolakavod, Shabbat Shalom, and Biyachad Ninatseach. Amen. You should talk to you, Nachum Vero, the wonderful work you're doing. I appreciate that very much. Have a Shabbat Shalom, and best regards, everybody, at Yeshiva Dakoto. Rabbi Ruvain Tarragon here on a Friday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Oh, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, he made a he made a point that's uh, that's to be considered. What happens the day after? Can we maintain the unity? Can we maintain the respect and the love that people have for each other? We certainly can. Just got to be worked on. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. I was already criticized properly. I thought it was a good criticism this morning on the app for focusing on some of the negative things from this past week. I wasn't really focusing on it, but I, but I did bring it up because it was, it was quite disappointing. But, yeah, there's plenty of positive we should be emphasizing and should be concentrating on here and everywhere. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, we'll try our best to do just that. As difficult as that is sometimes. <laughs> as difficult as that is sometimes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What can I tell you? This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Take your 10% discount with promo code radio. Try A&H today. And laud A&H for their role that they've had in the business world, the corporate scene, and social media when it comes to defending and honoring uh, those in Israel and keeping the hostages in mind and our Israeli soldiers, of course, close to our heart. A&H is one of those outfits that's done just that, and they deserve all the credit in the world for being out there in, uh, in, in different arenas and uh, and undertaking that task. Malcolm Honeline, 10 minutes from now. Plenty more coming up Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. It is JM in the AM.
Achenu.world slash Siom on Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to participate in that uh, unique and um, effective, I would say, program of togetherness, of camaraderie, of chizuk and strength for the Jewish world. Candlelighting 416 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Toldos. That's right, it's early. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Make sure to... um, Make sure to um, get wherever you need to get to on time. Young Israel of Forest Hills, I look forward to seeing you tonight. Tonight, my topic is what the American Jewish community needs to know about Israel since Simchat Torah. My topic tomorrow morning is, uh, is one obligated to stand for a member of the IDF. Um, looking forward. Young Israel of Forest Hills is Shabbat. Very much looking forward to say the least. Oh, I wanted to give a special shout out. I don't know if, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Um, um, let me see. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it like this because it was, I, I discovered it was revealed to me. It was revealed to me uh, this week that there are a couple of members of um, a specific, I guess we'd call it platoon. I have a relative. I have a relative in uh, a platoon. I guess we'd call it platoon. I assume that that's how they call it. Company, platoon, in the Israeli army, serving with uh, my nephew. I, I, I should say it differently. I have a nephew serving in the Israeli army in his platoon, in his company, uh, apparently, there are a couple of chayalim who are listening to JM and the AM on a regular basis, and I was, it was so heartwarming when I found this out. So, Zach and Netanel, Zach and Netanel, a special shout-out to you 
from all of us here at JM and the AM headquarters in New York City. Zach and Natanel, who are spreading the word about how great our programming is, not only to, uh, to Israel, uh, but to our members of the IDF. Kalakavod, stay safe, and thanks so much. I hope you're getting some strength and inspiration from what we're doing here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Sorry, Malcolm Holmline, a few minutes from now. Weekly update is coming up, as we told you. So we'll get to that and uh, plenty more. Danny Palgon at JM in the AM.
will stand as one. Am Sabe, 
J.M. in the A.M. Simcha Liner, Israel Medley. Hey, why not? We all have Israel on our minds. That's an understatement. Six weeks later, six weeks later, day 42 of the war. Yeah, today's day 42 of the war, six weeks later. Think about that. And with all the things you should be thinking about and that we all should be thinking about, the soldiers, the families that are still grieving, obviously, and those that are now in this revolving door of grieving, since there are so many uh, funerals that are taking place now in the uh, IDF community, as we know. And of course, as we are concerned about the wounded, including those from yesterday's terrorist attack, um, with all that, it seems nobody can uh, let go from the top position in their mind of our hostages. They are now the number one concern. And believe me, the other, the other things I just mentioned are major concerns, and everybody's got a space in their heart for all of them. But the hostages, wow. It's a feeling you get there. It's an acute feeling you get there. You can't, you can't move anywhere without people speaking about and without seeing different things that are going on regarding uh, uh, keeping the hostages at the forefront. But even here, even here, people constantly... Worried, wondering, thinking, conjecturing. It is uh, one of the most painful aspects of all of this for the entire nation of Israel. Uh, our friends at JewishWorldReview.com give you an opportunity to uh, print out thousands of articles before Shabbos, which you could then go ahead and uh, read over Shabbos and become even more educated about this crazy world of ours. Go to JewishWorldReview.com, print away, read away, hopefully become educated away and enjoy. Malcolm Holmline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us for a Friday morning weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Always good to be with you. As I said to you off the air, and I'll say it uh, now with a lot of people, I'm sure, thinking the same thing, call it a vote to you, the conference, UJA Federation, whoever was responsible, but obviously we know that you get a tremendous amount of credit arranging the rally, going through all the logistics over the last, uh, I don't know, week, 10 days, whatever it took, uh, making sure that everybody would feel comfortable there. Uh, you even guaranteed good weather, and you came through with that. Uh, and we, I mean, we were in Israel, of course, but I had plenty of family members there, as I told you, and a lot of eyewitnesses, thousands who contacted me as I was watching things from Israel, and everyone felt that it was well-organized, uh, well-presented, uh, so many people enjoyed the speakers, the entertainers, the celebrities, those who showed up, the members of the United States Congress who showed up and uh, were um, part of a historic photo, a historic uh, moment as far as I'm concerned. So, Malcolm, to kick things off, call a vote and thank you. 
well, first of all, the JFNA and the conference and the many, many people who contributed financially and otherwise. It's an effort like this, especially when you have a short period of time. And it was a, a stark moment for the Jewish community. The reactions from Israel, as I'm sure you heard, people there felt so buoyed, so um, they felt so alone for, and all the reports, you know, American Jews are this or that. To see that kind of a turnout, and even people who made it to it because the buses were slow, because of other things, um, none of them griped about it. Everybody just felt good that they could be part of it. And I think it's a of the Achtus that has come out of October 7th that, as I've said before on the show, I think it's a turning point in Jewish history. It is like 9-11 for us in many respects, but even more. The unity in Israel, the unity here, I think many people came to the realization that we are fighting over crumbs while the big picture is being ignored. We've tried to warn them decades on the show about was developing and what is developing, and we've only seen the tip, tip of the iceberg with the the violence of the demonstrations and the growing uh, support on campuses and elsewhere. Uh, I still believe the vast majority of the American people with us, Congress is with us, others are with us, and with Israel, and many more and more will get it and understand the nature of the enemy that we are confronting. But it's a moment to celebrate the and the impact, the agendas of bringing the plight of the hostages to the public was certainly accomplished of showing support for the U.S.-Israel relationship and, of course, for uh, fighting anti-Semitism. All of those things and how many tens of thousands of Christians and, and from Boca to Colombia to Alaska, the members of Kufi and other groups uh, organized and came to the, to the rally to identify. I think it's, it's a time, one moment we'll have a, a respite to, to step back not to ignore the realities around us and the challenges still ahead, but to show what we can be when we're amechad belebechad. Uh, it's obvious that you are concentrating, rightfully so, on those who did show up. So I'll make a commitment because I'm sure it will make you more comfortable in this public forum not to discuss anything about those who felt the need not to show up. Uh, but yes, the list of those who were there and the list of those who made the commitment from all walks of life, as you just described, was rather remarkable. Can we talk about some of the moments? Um, and I know that there, are, that there, are, there are some people who might be. Um, it may have ruffled some feathers uh, in terms of the uh, the vote for aid to Israel that took place afterwards. But could you speak for a moment about what it was like having the entire congressional leadership hand in hand declaring uh, the support uh, and the unity with Israel at a moment like that? It was a very statement at a time when there's very little that everybody agrees on and when we almost came to fisticuffs four or five times in one day in in the in the congress and the um, general tenor of divisiveness just and later the the leaders of both house and senate committees on that addressing anti-semitism uh similarly appearing together and and working together and i met with them up on stage and talked about some initiatives that we are looking forward to looking at, especially the foreign funding. And I hope everybody has seen the report about $13 billion from NCRI and ISGAMP about the Qatari money that has flowed and, and that has flowed into our campuses and the correlation, which will be 
which we, they will see between that foreign funding and increased anti-Semitism. But the fact that it wasn't disclosed, et cetera, that they, I think we're going to see much more on it and because they're unified. But in addition to those, on the floor, there were dozens and dozens of members of the and the House who came. They didn't ask to be identified. They didn't look for. Um, they didn't look for any recognition. They, uh, the senator from Pennsylvania, Letterman, was there in in his uh, hoodie, but he was wearing an Israeli flag. And he, and he is big. And let me tell you, when you stand next to him, he is really. Uh, it was uh, remarkable to see, uh, from Steny Hoyer and Ben Cardin to uh, Ollie Langford, all of the others who came, uh, and just came to identify and to be with uh, with everyone. I uh, I got There are a couple of things that we got to unpack from what you just said. The first is. I mean, you would describe, I mean, to calm everyone down regarding the aid to Israel, you, you would you would probably say that we need to understand that politically things work a certain way in Washington. And you would say, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong. You would say the aid is going to get there. It just doesn't always get there the way you want it to get there. Is that be a good way of putting it? It's actually a very good summary. I know that people were angry, particularly at Schumer. It is wrong. This was not a vote against the aid package. This is democratic politics that was not just him, but it was widespread. And it has nothing to do with support for the package itself. There is broad support. If they would uh, uh, just a vote on aid to Israel, it would pass overwhelmingly. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there, there are connections to Ukraine aid. There's other things that entangle it. And uh, we shouldn't misread it. Uh, I just hope that they get the bill out matter what, and they untangle it from all these complications in some way. But uh, I think that people have to understand sometimes the uh, political dances that take place. And while we're on the subject of being upset about uh, <laughs> about some of the people that are not as vocal on these issues regarding Israel, I mean, Senator Fetterman, who, you know, I, I feel bad, frankly, <laughs> that I may have said a thing or two about him in the past, uh, especially as he was running for the Senate seat, it, it is remarkable to see that it looks like he just has this deep-rooted love for Israel or for justice or for values or for freedom, wearing the Israeli flag, mocking those who are you know at, at free Palestine rallies. The rumor is he has pictures of hostages in his office. Do you know if that's true? It's not only true, not in his office. He has them on the outside, in the hallway, every one of the posters of the kidnapped. And he said to me, I'm going to leave them there until every one of them is free. He put up a single poster, every picture of, a, of one of the hostages. And it is in the hallway. If you remember, a certain member of Congress put up a Palestinian flag outside yep. her office. Yep. He uh, said, I don't care what things he told this to me. I'm going to leave him up there. And I agree with you that many of us, you know, had reservations and he was running against a, you know, a favorite son uh, sort of candidate. Right. But it, it is remarkable what he has done. 
And we talk about how obviously God controls the world, and it's always interesting to see, you know, how he puts certain people in certain positions and, you know, circumstances sometimes bring um, members of the house that I'm thinking of specifically, uh, you know, to victory in, in situations where you never expected it. Uh, here, many of us politically were disappointed that he won that election, and look at how we're reaping the benefits of how he won that election now. The whole thing is remarkable. Malcolm, uh, again, I don't like to, I'm not, I'm really not, I'm trying not to harp on the negative, but there are a couple of stories from Tuesday that we got to get to. Is this Detroit flight story accurate the way it's being reported that that there was a group of workers that refused to uh, uh, to, to come to work that day because they knew they'd have to shuttle these Jewish people you know from the from the plane to the to the gate at the airport and they had no interest in doing that it is true and it is they sat on the planes for 20 hours and the uh I think this is something that we will read a lot more about because I'm sure there are going to be lawsuits based on this. It wasn't the only instance of it, by the way. There were other bus drivers in different places of the country that didn't uh, uh, show up or didn't come uh, to fulfill what they had promised. It wasn't widespread. I mean, when you're talking about, I don't know, more than 1,500 buses that were registered in addition to all those that didn't register. Right. Um, uh, so... It's um, it, it is a phenomenon that we that uh, unfortunately we see how people are buying into the lies and the distortions and misrepresentations, and that the 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 rallies uh, and most many times violent rallies reflects that as well. That the uh, um, you know the, such distortions of the facts, and that it then becomes manifest in this way is disturbing um so 99 percent logistically went fine we got to keep that in mind this was a very very tiny percentage of people who tried to use the bus and plane situation for political purposes thank god 99 percent of the day went fine and uh i assume people sent you photos from the new jersey turnpike of the convoy of buses that were heading down yes uh, people i didn't uh, people called me and told me about it but also people coming from Virginia told me this and called me and said to me, you won't believe this. And the, to see the uh, bus after bus handed in, in the direction, uh, you know, and we had to find places to park. I know people were sometimes upset that we, that they changed the logistical people, uh, people who, who actually had to deal with the situation on the ground because RFK couldn't handle that many buses and uh, had excess stadium. They had to be located in different places Wow. Uh, only because there was no room. And, you know, Washington is not used to getting that. You know, there have been million-man marches. I don't think they had as many people as um, as, uh, as we saw. And, and I have heard even from an official yesterday that the number we gave may have been a, a low estimate. Meaning it could have been over 300,000. Same certainly that it was over 300,000 to me. That's what they said. Right. To me. But we're waiting for, for more aerial photos and things. Right. To Pretty amazing. A uh, couple of more things about the rally and obviously uh, uh, other very important things to get to. How many arrests were there at the demonstration at the rally of over 300,000 people in Washington on Tuesday? As uh, the police, one policeman took one of the signs away from uh, a, a, a uh, 
protester and wrote on the back. You, well, you, said, got, you got cut out, wrote on the back. Go ahead. He said, wrote on the back, you're welcome. He said he never was at an event where so many people came up to him and said, thank you. Oh. And Mrs. Hagee told me that she was walked the perimeter of the entire Pastor Hagee's wife, uh, the, the whole perimeter of the demonstration of the rally. And then wanted to get back into the se- the section because her husband was going to speak and and she couldn't get in. So she went to one of the police officers and said, my husband is speaking. Could you let me in and stuff? And she, he looked at her and he said, are you Mrs. Hagee? <laughs> and she said, yes. He said, I'm a member of Kufi, Christian Community for Israel. And 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 he, he had to stay in his place. So he called over some others policemen and said, could you take Mrs. Hagee? They said, Mrs. Hagee, we're all members of Kufi. Wow. Um, and and four police officers, members of Christian Giant for Israel, they escorted her through like a queen up to the towards the podium so that, that she could um, she'd be there. So I'm telling you, when, when, you know, the emphasis is always on the negative and, and, you know, we don't see these, the good stories, the hidden stories of, or the remarkable people uh, that, Manifested on street corners and other things. I saw one video of two young uh, girls. They wrote a sign said, "We are Jewish. We are all hurting. Could you give us a hug?" And how many people walked over <laughs> and was hugging them and, and coming over just to show support? And and how many non-Jews, including Muslims, by the way, sent money for the funds that are being raised for the families of the displaced? And I'm not saying it's typical of any community, but I, I can tell you that there were members of the Muslim community who came, uh, many Arabs who are Christians, not Muslims, but the the tremendous response of the of the Christian community. So not one incident with 300,000 people. I don't think it's ever occurred before. That's right. Not one arrest, not one harassment, and people were shoved and moved and, you know, had to go into crowded areas because of the, the turnout. Nobody, everybody loved it. They were feeling so high on it. With, and the, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, with that in mind, how bad do you feel for law enforcement officials around this country who are dealing with violent protests and, and completely, just completely out of hand violent protests, um, you know, on the other side? It's, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know how, and I, 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 I fear saying this, because I just hope they have the wherewithal and the ability and the necessary equipment to actually control these riots because god forbid malcolm in certain neighborhoods riots like this can get out of control and a lot of innocent people could be hurt so uh, you know i think it, with the reports today of the cutbacks that's going to cut 4000 policemen in the, in the in the next year will not be replaced and uh, the freezes that are going to take place we're not we're not increasing the police force we're diminishing it but also the orders i saw a police car with the smashed in New York City with free Gaza and free Palestine on it, and police standing nearby. They were clearly not. They were clearly ordered not to engage as right. wherever they couldn't. There were very few arrests. They have to be given a free hand. Stop it. This is, you know, violence. It's it's inspired online with the hateful uh, insiders and the seriousness of this. I think only beginning to sink into people about the indoctrination of young people on campuses. Even high school students stage to walk out of though it was very few, very few, um, but not on our campuses. 
And across the country, people should only see the reports that SCAN, Secure Community Network, and others get every day about the incidents on and and the fact that Jewish students are rethinking where they apply and where they'll be safe. It is unbelievable. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world, with NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app, Malcolm Honeline. Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll go to the hostages in a moment. I think we have to start, though, with the hospital. Malcolm, uh, everybody needs to see, but at the minimum, they need to hear from you about these discoveries in the hospital in Gaza uh, over the last couple of days. I mean, could you you tell us about the inventory that the Israeli army discovered this week? Well, first of all, it's not just this hospital, but in the other hospitals, but we know that the Shifa Hospital was a main center, and that, by the way, it was designed by Israelis. Israel built that hospital, so they know the infrastructure. They, the Obviously, the underground tunnels were added by Hamas, and when people want to know where all the cement is and why they didn't build shelves, why they didn't build other things, is because all the cement went to 300 miles of underground tunnels, wow. very sophisticated. The fuel for them was stolen from by Hamas, and that's why there's not enough. They have a million liters, supposedly, or half a million liters of, of uh, fuel sitting in their storage houses, and anything that comes in, they take, including food and, uh, and other um, uh, resources. And the fuel that the hospitals need to run their facilities, the incubators, and all the other things, it, it's because Hamas stole it. Hamas destroyed the infrastructure of these places. And the... the um, uh, the Israel is inside the complex. There's not been any reporting of shooting inside the complex. Israel brought doctors, medics, incubators to the hospital. The the um, uh, so the to try and help. Uh, they they try to get people evacuated wherever it was possible. But the, the Hamas, in, which is really a war crime, used civilians, but most of all, a hospital as a base. And you, they have found an entrance to an underground tunnel in the hospital. They found a huge number of rifles, ammunitions, uh, RPG launchers, other things there and in other hospitals. And I think they will find much more. They also, unfortunately, discovered 170 bodies, uh, which are being identified. As you know, one of the missing Noah Marciano's body was found. She was a 19-year-old uh, soldier uh, that was the only one identified so far. And uh, the the um, and we know that the leadership has left from there and moved down south. They went to Hanunas. They went to other places to hide all these courageous people who let their people die or sacrifice their people purposely, and, be, and they themselves run and 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 hide. So the hospital, uh, the, the several reporters were taken in to be shown what the real situation was on the ground. Of course, the BBC couldn't give it a straight report, but others did, and they're telling the truth about what they saw and the protection and the steps that Israel took to avoid any kind of casualties. This war could have been over a lot earlier if Israel just carpet-bombed everything and went in and, and did it without regard. You know, the tunnels are booby-trapped. We know that they, they, they put booby traps in the hospital. Uh, in vests and things like that, the the um, the fact that Israel is acting surgically in these areas, which doesn't get uh, coverage, yes, civilians die. There's always collateral damage, but it's not because they're targeted. And I know from soldiers who have called me from the ground 
of, of attacks that were aborted even in the last minute because of civilians being in the, in the uh, area. So understand that what the reality on, on the ground is very different than the way it's being portrayed in Israel and the United States, by the way, by virtue of intercepts and other things, also determined that there was a command center under the hospital. I don't even know if Israel, according, even according to our tradition, even according to our legal tradition, I don't even know if Israel needs to act as, quote-unquote, morally as they are. I think they're going beyond the call of duty in that area. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure we want a moral army. I think we want an army that actually can, can do what you just described. And obviously, with all the pressures from the outside, you know, that does put a lot of pressure on Israel to uh, to behave differently than that. But uh, we have to recognize that they are going beyond the call of duty to protect civilians who likely are who likely are enemies of Israel. So we need to point that out. Also, it seems every day we're getting a news report that this leader of Hamas was eliminated and this leader was eliminated and this leader's family and this leader's relatives. How many leaders do they need to get to get the whole leadership? I mean, sometimes I think we forget that the army of Hamas is a lot larger than we think. It's not just a few terrorists. But how many people are in leadership roles that, that really need to be taken out by Israel? Many. And you're right. People don't know that the army of Hamas is thirty to 50,000 estimated. And the um, many of those who have been taken out were the commanders and the people responsible for organizing uh, the the attacks and for participating in the attacks. Israel has facial recognition. They're going to hunt down those who came into Israel and carried out these attacks. It's going to be like they hunted down the Nazis. They're not going to be, and they hopefully will never be safe, no matter how long it takes to 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 get them. And by the way, there were many civilians who participated up to the down to the age of ten, according to eyewitnesses, who participated in the attacks and joined the. Hamas forces once they breach the fence. Uh, so it, it, you're right. I know that you're not the first person to raise it about how many people. But Israel has not killed that many uh, uh, officers and stuff yet. It's, it's uh, again, surgical, and they're going after specific targets. But they're embedded in the population, and they are, uh, you know, they hide and run and hide. So the underground tunnels in, enable them to move from location to location, to shoot from these things, then run down like rats into their holes and uh, and therefore get away. But don't worry, they're getting them more and more are being eliminated. I hear that. All right, to the hostages. Malcolm, you know the collective diaspora Jewish heart is aching uh, with the hostage situation. We've discussed that and call out a vote to everybody outside of Israel who is uh, keeping them at the forefront and helping in whatever way possible to show support to our brothers and sisters. But in Israel, I don't have to tell you this, in Israel, it is just uh, the pain there is so acute. And everywhere you go, the photos, the flyers, the tributes, now the march from Tel Aviv to Yerushalayim that took place this week with the families of the hostages and constant conversations on the air, on TV and radio there with family. I mean, it's, it's a very frustrating situation. And obviously, for the families, it's, uh, you know, they don't want to feel helpless and hopeless, but uh, they're not sure what to feel. Is there potential for a deal is the prime minister strong enough to not accept a deal unless all the hostages are exchanged? What could you tell us regarding the latest in this area of news? Well, it depends which deal you're talking about. The ultimate deal will have to be everybody, all the hostages, and the eradication of 
the Hamas leadership, uh, but also many of their members, because the cancer can't be allowed to remain or it will metastasize. And we will just feel it more and more uh, in the future. They regroup, as we've seen that they've done in the past. There is still a lot of infrastructure in Khan Yunus. There are, are other places. And they, we know that they have moved to the south, even though they try to block the, the people from going south. And Israel had to move in to protect them. They, they shot and killed people. Hamas shot and killed people uh, when they uh, started to move uh, down south. So the the uh, uh, you know the elimination of of uh, the people of the leadership is only a first stage, and I think any deal, aside from an interim deal, there could be something interim. There's talk of releasing 50 women and children of the hostages in exchange for women and children being held in Israeli jails. That's something Israel might be willing to do. They're not going to be willing to let the murderers go. We, we paid a heavy price in the past for these deals. And I think that the, the Israeli public is not favoring that. But obviously Israel, you know, every single individual, no soldier left behind, no nobody abandoned. This is a primary responsibility. But you can't let Hamas think or feel that they can get away with whatever they want as long as they play and, and, and tug at our heartstrings with the hostages. They have to release them, and the West has to put all the pressure on them. All the interventions have to be made and to get the, hopefully get them home. But what they're talking about now is not a deal, long-term deal. It's a short-term deal with maybe some sort of a, a brief uh, a conditional um, a lull in the fighting. Uh, I don't want to say a ceasefire because it's not a ceasefire. It will be a humanitarian pause to to enable the exchange to take place. But it would have to be on condition that people don't leave and that they can, can't can regroup and, and use this. They will because they do it underground. But obviously getting 50 women and children back is, is a uh, a priority and, and something they can't just dismiss out of hand. The prime minister last night on national television here said that he believes that until the Israeli movement into the hospital that we were speaking of earlier, I don't remember the name of the hospital, uh, he, Shifa. Shifa hospital, he felt that, uh, or, or he had, he had um, some evidence uh, that's what he was alluding to that all the hostages were being held there in one central location. Um, is that a, I guess that's a good sign that 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 they that if in fact they were being held all together, I'm assuming that's a good sign. We all have this terrible fear of the haphazard behavior of the enemy and how God forbid they may have just you know strewn people about and left people abandoned in different places. Uh, if that's in fact accurate, what the prime minister said, it, it, wouldn't that be a positive thing? It would be positive in, in uh, some respects, and but the fact is that they're there. They found evidence of the hostages having been there. They also found computers with pictures of some of the hostages. And um, it's very interesting that, this, that they leave all their laptops behind, yeah. and it provides a wealth of information to Israel, both in terms of identities but also whatever pictures and that they had uh the, their own body cams, which is where a lot of the information is coming from, from the you know these the attackers who were killed and and uh, captured from their body cams, they can identify and and uh, know who some of the attackers and and know more of the details, because people always ask me that. Uh, and and by the way, one of the things that, the benefits of the 
the rally in Washington was how it 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 lifted the spirits of Israelis who, yeah. who, who always think that they you know they're alone and they get all the reports uh, uh, you know that of indifference it clearly is not true and for that alone it was worth um, worth having it. No, oh, totally agree with that. But I, so many other benefits as well, as you said, with the government officials, especially. And I don't know. I'm hoping that that uh, as the strength of the Jewish community becomes more and more revealed to people, I'm hoping that that will, you know, <laughs> that that will deter the enemy from continuing its efforts in this country. The scary notion of the anti-Semitism that you again described earlier, both in communities and in uh, and on campuses, and in in general, watching these violent activities uh, by the Free Palestine movement, which sometimes, as you described, is uh, is not acted upon by the police, these are really, really frightening moments. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that the uh, the strength of the Jewish community will convince law enforcement officials, members of the government, and others that that this these these situations need to be taken much more seriously. But Nachum, you have to remind people also. Look at the calls that are coming now out from. It's called for a global intifada, New York to Gaza. And we've seen these kinds in Europe, uh, similar things, and where the uh, also you've had very violent demonstrations and the mobilization that is increasing and they are attracting people, young people to a cause, you know, they, they've managed to, uh, you know, the intersectionality that we've talked about often about the linking BLM and all these other movements into to the uh, what they you know their their protests about free Palestine. I know that people were asked this this about the uh, when they were yelling river to the sea. They went up to him and said, "What river are you talking about?" They had no clue. Yeah, they can't. Was, let alone what sea they're talking about. Are you aware of this New York Post article uh, that there's a Palestinian pro-Palestinian group that's sharing? An anti-Semitic map of New York City targets, meaning literally the homes and public locations of those associated with the Jewish community. No, I did not know about that. It's, I'm going to send yeah. it to you right now. I mean, reprehensible is the word that they use. I, I would use much stronger language than that. Uh, but there are literally, you know, just like, I mean, I hate to make this comparison, but you know that there were maps uh, developed by people who had worked in different cities in the south of Israel that were given to the enemy and that were that were shared. Uh, literally, maps where they described in each home who will be there, who's likely to be there during the Chag. I heard a story like that over... Uh, over um, uh, my trip, which was remarkable. Uh, you, you know, they, they were describing the way it is Shabbat morning in these towns, and they didn't realize that some people would be away because it was Shemini Atzeris, and they were taking off to go to other family for Yuntif. Um, but, th- I mean, this, this is incredible. This is, it, it seems to me the same type of thing, where if there is a Jewish home, there's now a map that's going to describe where those Jewish homes are. That is outrageous. It's also dangerous and... Um and they have no limits, and I think the the, the it has to be exposed for one thing. And uh, but I do think that the they take it seriously. You know, the event was made a level one event by the Department of Homeland Security, the Washington event, which means the highest level, right. um, and at our request, uh, and therefore they they provided a lot of protection, a lot of uh, manpower was was uh, present. But, you know, we can't have people in every corner. So everybody in their neighborhoods have to be much yeah. more alert, no much more aware, and report things. Don't not report any incident. It has to be reported. Were there a That's lot the of uh, counter-demonstrations on Tuesday or not? I no. 
that you're not aware of anything significant? Well, there was one by the uh, those guys who dress up as Jews. You mean the guys? And, the, uh, you mean the guys that the Satmar Rebbe openly said do not belong within our community? Absolutely, and it's something that Rebbe, you know, the real, the previous Satmar Rebbe said to me personally. He said that uh, you know these are not our people. This is not our way, and. Um, I think that the you know their pictures should be everywhere, and they should not be allowed into any synagogue, especially they come collecting. It, there's somebody who pays for this stuff because they're 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 you know in larger numbers now, but that they marched with them with and and calling from the river to the sea, marching, and they put them up front as clowns. They put them up front because they knew that this would get uh, media attention. Yeah. And it's a small group. They're, they are the most extreme and and uh, should be literally written off the Jewish community. And there has to be some concerted action because it's Chal Hashem every time yeah. they appear, as they appear with the Iranians, as they appear with others. But now they're bringing their children into it. It's, it's it, well... And I'm as I'm as frustrated as anybody else. And the best thing to do would be to ignore them. And of course, it's impossible. You, you walk by; it's almost impossible to ignore them because they bring out such emotion from everybody, especially the Holocaust survivors, children of Holocaust survivors, and plenty of other people in our community. Last thing, Malcolm. Just uh, I mean, we we had the speech. I think it was two weeks ago, right? Nasrallah was two Fridays ago, if I'm not mistaken. Unless I'm losing track of time. Are are things relatively the same up north or not? No, they, they uh, it's it's kept at a low simmer. The belief is that that uh, Hezbollah does not want to have an all-out war, and they say because they know that the price that Lebanon will pay. Iran sent an interesting message yesterday, or maybe it was the day before. By the time we got it, that to the to Hezbollah to Hamas that they will not enter the war, that they will give them political and material support as they have all along, a hundred million dollars minimum a year, probably much more. Uh, but that they're not going to enter the war. And they said that essentially telling them, you fight your own battles. Hezbollah has, <clears throat> has basically stayed out, even though they've been under a lot of pressure by Hamas and pouncing Islamic Jihad to come into it and open up the front. They fire every day, and then it is not innocent fire because people get hurt. And, you know, they fire these anti-tank missiles, which carry a, a, a explosive warhead that can has killed and does a lot of damage. I think that the you know it's it's a very tense situation. Many many people have been evacuated. The northern cities are are more or less empty, and the uh, so it's not as quiet as um, the lack of attention would indicate. But you know when you keep this at a very low flame, so it doesn't compare to the newsworthiness of being able to show the pictures in the south. I, again, people should be very careful. Don't believe what you hear in the media. Check out every story, every report. The Israeli army is acting with such precision and such care, and only a small percentage of them have been actually have actually been allowed into the area. So it's um, a very different circumstance than than people know. Understood. Uh, all I could say again is call kavod to you and all the organizers, Baruch Hashem, and call kavod really to all the three hundred thousand plus people that were there in Washington on Tuesday. Um, you, you know, Malcolm, I have to tell you this: history changes when when rallies that size take. I'm not even referring to the Jewish community necessarily at this point, but they they are also in the in the category. History changes when rallies of this proportion take place in Washington D.C. So this was a historic rally, and as you said, like will cause positive change in many different ways. 
I agree. And but it can't end it. This should be uh, just another step for forward. And, you know, we have to build on it. We have to keep making our voices heard. I beg people to contact their congressmen, give them, thank them for what they do right, and you know, urge them to 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 support the legislation, the aid, which is so vital. Israel's expending, I think, fifty billion dollars on this war. That's half their GDP. Twenty percent of the workforce is out. Do you see the the uh, amazing pictures of Hasidim who were sent down to help pick the fruit, and how many volunteers, people came from the states, farmers non-Jews from Texas and Oklahoma who went there to, to and to fill in. Uh, there's The needs are going to be immense, and we have to stand by them. Know what you give to. Don't just give because somebody sends you a heartbreaking appeal. Make sure it. But the needs are real. And, uh, and, and you don't have to be from Pennsylvania to send a thank you email to Senator Fetterman. No, you do not. And, and the problem is that the other side is automated this and sending out a, a multiple of of the messages that we get appeals from from senators and others saying why, why, uh, staff saying why are we not hearing enough because you know we take for granted our friends no we do not take them for granted but you know they're doing the right thing so what yeah. we but you have to be reminded and told that that it is the right thing and we do appreciate it and we take note of it yeah. and not whether it's your congressman or others there are ways you can send messages and add your names to lists that uh, show them that Karasatov uh, to all of those who stand with us. Yeah, send an email before Shabbos, everybody, to a member of Congress or senator from your state. It'll be much appreciated. It takes these and call and, and call. And call that but uh, my point is, it takes a second to do it. But you're right; you could sit on the phone for a minute and do that as well, 100. percent Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak next week. Have a good job. Malcolm Holmline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us on uh, Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas Toldos, candlelighting at 416 on this Erev Shabbos, 416. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And uh, I look forward to being at the Young Israel of Forest Hills. I hope that uh, what I have to say tonight and tomorrow will be inspiring and um and will help people uh, gain a greater appreciation for the sacrifice our brothers and sisters in Israel are making. Uh, this time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader, emeritus congregation Shomri Torah in uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nach. Nachum, good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Toldos. Parsha's Toldos, as we know, is really the only Parsha that focuses on Yitzchak. Whereas Avram Avinu has Lech Lecha, Vayera, Chayisara, and Yaakov Avinu, starting next week, will have Vayetze, and literally till the end of Sefer Bereshis, this one Parsha is the only one that focuses on Yitzchak. Yet there's so much to learn from this. Why is that, by the way? Says Rav, Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zechron Levracha, in his first piece on Parshas Todos, he explains it in the following way, that each of the three Avos has contributed a different midah, a different quality to Am Yisrael. 
Avram, as we know, is the Midah of Chesed. Not simply that you knew when you passed by Avram's house, you'd be able to get a meal, hospitality, much more, says Rav Yaakov. He says that Avraham embodied chesed because he was reflecting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem is kulo chesed. Hashem bestows chesed 24-7 on this world. And therefore, he personified chesed as a way of teaching people that there is a God in this world. He literally was following the ways of Hashem and embedded into the character of our people, the characteristic of chesed. And Yaakov is titain emesli Yaakov. And people can relate to honesty and integrity of Yaakov. And this ideally is one of the major characteristics of the Jew. When you shake his hand, you don't have to count your fingers. However, Yitzchak's midah was that of din, that of literal justice, and that of gevura, that of misiras nefesh, that of literally the ability to give of one's life for one's belief. The concept that it's called akedah, because Yitzchak said, Abba, bind me tighter. That is Yitzchak. And therefore, it's hard for this to be something which the masses are going to easily follow. But this is ingrained in each and every one of us that we have this capacity and this incredible Mesiras Nefesh that we see going on in Eretz Yisrael today by our soldiers. This is because of the Midah of Yitzchak, which is embedded in each and every one of us. In the Parsha, there's so much. I just want to highlight one or two points. Among the very few things that Torah teaches us, I urge that you take a look at Perek Chavav, where the Torah tells us that Yitzchak cannot leave Eretz Yisrael. And what are we told? We're told that even though there was a famine in the land at that time, and he wanted to leave, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him he has to stay. Because as our rabbis tell us, Hashem looks upon Yitzhak as if he was offered on the Mizbeach. And the Torah tells us in chapter 26, Pasuk 12, Yitzhak planted and sowed in that land, in that year, a year of famine, and how much did he get? Literally a hundredfold of what would have been in a regular year, 
and now a hundred times the amount, Hashem, Hashem blessed him, and immediately we're told that he had an abundance of possessions, and Vayikanu also plished him, and the Philistines envied him. This is the root of anti-Semitism. The Torah spills it out. They are jealous of us. They're jealous of us for the uh, material success that the Jew always has had throughout history, and they are jealous of our being the chosen people. And this has been, as we see, in two weeks, when Esau kisses Yaakov after their being away for 20 years, that there are dots in the Torah over the word Vayishokeyu to teach us that this was a one-time event. As Reb Shimon Bar Yochoi teaches Halacha, Esau sonei Yaakov, that Esau despises, hates Yaakov. And this is what we have seen, this ugly head of anti-Semitism over this last month since Loalino, the horrific attack on Eretz Yisrael, we see coming out of the world. Esau Sonei Yaakov, and it starts with Vayakanu also pushed him. And we're told that the Philistines stopped up the wells that Abraham Avinu had planted, and Yitzchak redigs them. The first one, Asek, the second one, Sitna, that there's contention over these wells. And the third one, Rehovos, whereby there was no fighting over this. And the Ramban required reading for this Shabbos teaches that the first two wells are symbolic of the first two Beis HaMikdash, which is really what the Beis HaMikdash is, the well that we constantly draw our connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that the third base of Migdash will be built without contention. And this is what has kept the Jewish people alive throughout the difficult challenges of our history. There will be, the Torah is promising us, that third base of Migdash. Finally, you have at the end of the parsha Yitzchak blessing what he thinks is Yaakov, is Esau, and very clearly, I just want to share with you the Malbim, and the idea is that Yitzchak, knowing his son Yaakov, did not think that Yaakov, who is the Ishtam Yosheva Holim, who is the one who is cut out to spend his time studying Torah, as we'll talk about in a few moments, and realize that Esav has the ability to earn a living and do it well, that he wanted to create what Yaakov does 
with the Esacharin's Vulgan. So even if you think that Yitzchak was fooled and thought that it was Esav, take a look, my friends. Just write these two numbers down and you'll bring the Chumash to the table. The words, V'yitin l'cha, that God should give you, is said twice in the parasha. The first time in chapter 27, Pasa 28, which talks about immaterial blessing. And this is the blessing that Yitzchak gives the first one who comes. Namely, he thinks it is Esav. And what is he giving Esav? A bracha of Gashmias, a bracha of materialism, that you should be able to support your brother Yaakov. And when he knows he's blessing Yaakov at the end of the parsha, take a look at chapter 28, Pasuk 4. There he says to Yaakov that Hashem should give you birkas v'yiten l'cha as birkas Avraham. Okay, clearly knowing what he's giving, which son. I want to point out something very powerful, which is coming straight out of the parsha. We should all focus on this, especially at this most difficult time that we are facing now. Hashem blesses Yitzchak, and he says to Yitzchak, that I am going to give you the land of uh, Israel, okay, Eretz Kena'an, and this is at the beginning of chapter 26, he tells him, stay in this land, and to you and your children I'll give all these lands, I will maintain the shvua, the oath that I swore to your father Avram, why, listen carefully, Pesach 5, chapter 26, Akev, because Asher Shema Avraham Bikoli, because Avraham listened and obeyed my voice, Vayishmor, and he kept Mishmarti, he kept my safeguards, Mitzvosai, my commandments, Chukosai, my laws, my decrees, which he understood or could not understand, Vitorosoi, and my Torahs. Even the rabbis say, not only the not only the six thirteen mitzvos that Avram understood or received prophetically, as Ramban says, but even erev tavshilin, even the law that allows us to cook on a Friday, which is a yom tov, cooking for Shabbos, Avram who had, you know, guests coming all the time and needed this concept of. But the idea is very clear. The Torah says that Yitzchak is getting the land from his father because his father kept Torah. There is such an integral relationship between the land of Israel and the Torah. If you look in the Gemara in Brachos 41a, the Gemara tells us that Koshlo Omar in the Birkas HaMazon, in the grace after meals, if one does not include in the second bracha, which is no thank you Hashem, for the land of Israel, if you do not include bris, thanking Hashem for the mitzvah of circumcision and Torah, 
for his giving us the Torah, you have not satisfied your obligation of Birkas HaMazon. And if you realize after you have finished Birkas HaMazon, you have to go back to the beginning because they are inseparable. The land of Israel was given because of the mitzvah of Brismila and because of Torah. If you look in Va'ewa, in the second parasha, in the book of Shmos, where we have the four Shonos of Geula, the four expressions of redemption that we're familiar with, for which we have the four cups of wine, these four Lishonos of Geula, and what do we have after that? I will bring you, I'll bring you to the land for which I have sworn, says Hashem, to give to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and I will give it to you, I will give it to you as a heritage, not inheritance, but a heritage, Ani Hashem. And the Balaturim says, note that the word Morasha is found twice in the Torah, here, the land of Israel, and Torah Sivalanu Morasha, the exact same word that applies to both Torah and Eretz Yisrael. And the Balaturim continues that it's because of Torah that we are going to have and keep the land of Israel. And he tells you, and I tell you, Take out the Tehillim, chapter 105. It's a long chapter. Take a look at verse 44 and 45, the very end of the chapter. 105 in Tehillim. God gave us the land that was previously inhabited by the different nations. Why? Brings the Balaturim the verse at the end of that chapter of Tillim, because, as it says, in order that they shall keep exactly as we find in this verse in the Torah, that there's a strong relationship between Torah and Eretz Yisrael. Make no mistake about it. Eretz Yisrael is not something that belongs to the Baliyayin Haran, approximately 7 million Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, but Eretz Yisrael belongs to Am Yisrael. And just as Torah fortifies the land of Israel, and that is our condition to the land of Israel, especially now, Be'idan Rizcha, especially now at a time which appears to be a time of divine wrath, and we need all the schusim that we have. As the Gemara says over there, listen carefully, that technically speaking, come on, I'm not wearing a four-cornered garment, so I'm not wearing a four-cornered garment from the letter of the law. If I'm not wearing tzitzis, I should be okay. However, the Talmud does say, and this is in Menachos 41a, that at a time of rischa, divine wrath, Hashem punishes even for the Jew not going out of his way to put on tzitzis. The chayolim, even those who are not yet observing. And we judge nobody from the homes of which they came. 
because the grandparents and great-grandparents, unfortunately, did not have the blessed opportunity of having yeshiva educations, etc. And Loalina were products of the Shoah. So we judge nobody, but even these soldiers who do not yet put on tefillin, do not yet wear tzitzis, they're asking for tzitzis before they go into Gaza. They're asking for the opportunity of putting on tefillin. They recognize that this is a special time and a time to connect. But it's not just they. We as well. Make sure that your tzitzis are kosher. Make sure that you're wearing tzitzis. Not only the chayolim for them. This is a time when Am Yisrael is Baruch Hashem connected. We are Ke'ishachod we are as literally one. And this oneness is our responsibility towards them, that our additional davening and our additional learning and our additional chesed can only strengthen not only our resolve, to the land of Israel, but Amir Hashem, that our success in bringing about an end to this terrible situation that we find ourselves will occur because of Ekev Asheshama Avram Bikoli. Amir Hashem, we should all be privileged to follow in the path of our others, HaKadoshim. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM in the AM. Lachad Dodi, Derech Achim, of course, on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 416, Erev Shabbos. Parsh has told those that is the figure for New York. New York is 416. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And it's an early Shabbos, so make sure you uh, hop to it, as we say. <laughs> is that what we say? I think that's what we say. <laughs> hop to it and make sure to be where you need to be before Shabbos. Looking forward to my appearance at the Young Israel Forest Hills. Thank you to uh, everybody at the Young Israel Forest Hills for the greeting and for arranging a wonderful upcoming Shabbat. Looking forward to speaking tonight. We'll talk about the needs that, um, or rather what the community needs to know about what's happening in Israel, what everybody here needs to know about what's happening in Israel. And then tomorrow morning I speak on the topic of are we obligated to stand for an Israeli soldier, for an IDF soldier. So we'll address all of that uh, over this coming Shabbat. Very much looking forward to it. Shout out to the young Israel of Forest Hills. Um, Saturday night, Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami. Matas with JM Sunday Live on Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned into both of those programs right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. A weekly amazing adventure into the into the parsha and many other things. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Kedem. That airs at 10 a.m. Eastern Time coming up here on the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at AH. Enjoy a 10% discount on all Abels and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. AH has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and AH products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try AH today, as we always say. You'll be glad you did. Oh, I wonder. I bet you Aaron Goldman is including A&H in the Bialystucker Kiddish early, early, early tomorrow morning. I have a feeling. I mean, we'll be in Queens, but I have a feeling that he'll be he'll be in charge of cutting up the A&H salami. <laughs> I just have a feeling. <laughs> I'll tell you, some of the things we bring up on this show are really funny. Funny, lighthearted, and uh, someone said to me, you know, someone said to me, they were talking about the fundraiser. And our fundraiser is on, as you know. Uh, it hasn't formally started yet, but it's informally started. Uh, FJBUnity.org, celebrating 40 years of JM and the AM. FJBUnity.org, give generously. Someone said to me, even the, even the comedic parts of your show are serious. And I think I know what they meant by that. Meaning that it's that balance of the, the fun and the serious stuff that makes the entire presentation serious or necessary. Anyway, I thank you for that. Someone mentioned that the other day. So when we talk about uh, salami at a kiddish, may not be as silly as we think. More coming up. Lenny Solomon, JM in the AM. Shout out. 
Lenny Solomon with Lo Yishama. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. Time to say good Shabbos on this Erev Shabbos. Candlelighting in New York, 416. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Keep our brothers and sisters in Israel in mind. Today's day 42 of the war. It all began six weeks ago tomorrow morning. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down It's shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift It's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Cause all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Friday, and of course, an amazing and incredible week for us at JMM. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into our Israel broadcasts. Based on the audience response, they were quite, quite inspiring and informative, and I greatly appreciate the feedback. Uh, coming up, you'll hear um, the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Final hour coming up at about 3.15 Eastern Time. All brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday night, Siegel Sunday. It's Matas with JM Sunday, live starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And the Monday morning, we're back right here. Make sure to be joining, make sure to join us here at JM the AM. 416, candle lighting in the New York area on this Arab Shabbos Parsha. As told those, make sure you know when things start where you are. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Until uh, next week, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.